Welcome to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, presented by Easton's new Ultra Micro Diameter Injection Arrows. Injection utilizes the new Deep Six standard for more big game penetration than ever before. Learn more about the injection today at www.eastonarchery.com. Now here's your host of Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, Editor Christian Berg. Welcome back to Peterson's Bowhunting. We are the voice of bow hunting, and as always, we're glad that you've taken time to be with us today. Spring is in the air. Uh, the turkeys are gobbling. Um, the bow fishing is heating up, and it's time uh, just to spend time in the in the outdoors once again. It's been a long, hard winter for most of the country, and if you're anything like me, I know that you're eager to get out, uh, start flinging arrows again, uh, Start strengthening those old shooting muscles and look forward to uh, some sunshine on your shoulders and just a good time with friends. Today's guest is uh, uh, Mr. Mike Pollard. He's a pro shooter. He shoots for Elite Archery, and he's also the director of Reinhardt's R100 uh, Tour. And uh, Mike, I really appreciate you being with me today on Peterson's Bowhunting Radio. Yeah, not a problem. I appreciate you calling me. So, Mike, um, you know, a lot of people that are listening have probably heard of the R100, but I bet you there's a bunch of people who haven't. Uh, For those who might not have any idea what the Reinhardt R100 is, can you give me a little bit of background about the event and kind of a quick thumbnail of of what it is? Yeah, um, the R100 actually started uh, 12 years ago um, from John Reinhardt. He actually wanted to improve on an archery target and started making them. And uh, then he wanted uh, like a marketing scheme behind it to promote the, the actual event itself. So he actually came up with the R100. The R100 is pretty much you could shoot 100% of uh, our production animals. Um, for a small fee, you can go out and shoot all 100 animals that we make. And uh, actually, in that 100, we have about... 30 about 30 different ones that you, you cannot purchase but they're kind of cool like we have a life-size giraffe um, um an elephant and uh some you know other targets that we have that we do, we actually don't make but they're kind of cool to make the event a little little more exciting sure um i mean we have we have kids adults couples buddies they all come to shoot this event so 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 the you know and for you know, most of us who are avid shooters, we're all familiar with Reinhardt. And like you said, Reinhardt makes literally, you know, seemingly an endless variety of targets. You've got everything from your, you know, your standard deer and, and turkeys all the way up to, you know, bigger game like your like a moose and then crazy stuff like, you know, aliens and zombies and who knows what. Right. <laughs> right. We, we, de- we do have the the largest production line there is, as in you know, the, the variety of animals that we do make. Gotcha. So, so the R100 is a, it's a traveling tour, right? I mean, you guys have stops. I know you started, I think you started a few weeks ago. Your first uh, tour stop of the year was down in Florida. I think mm-hmm. you've, got, you've got an event coming up in South Carolina, but you guys have a whole schedule. You're going to be around the country throughout the spring and summer. And, um, you know, you'll be within a reasonable distance of, of lots of folks over the course of the season. Yeah, I, I I mean, I couldn't tell you how many people that I see and meet new every year, but now it's starting, this is my seventh year with him, um, and I've been doing it for that long, and I consistently see the same people, and it's kind of cool because I, I remember almost everybody's name when they come by, 
you know, when I go to Michigan, I'll remember people. When I go to Indiana, Ohio, I'll remember everybody's name. So it's kind of like a family thing, and, and it, it's cool. Yeah, we actually started off in Florida a couple weeks ago um, at the um, 16th and 17th of February, I think it was. Gotcha. And then I had a little had a little break because we had some uh, shoots that were in between there. And then, um, yeah, I'll kick it off again uh, next weekend. Not this weekend, next weekend um, in Greenwood, South Carolina. And I go all the way to Olympia, Washington, to Florida, to Massachusetts, all over. Yeah, I mean, I'm just... I'm on the uh, website right now, and for those of you who want to jump on, it's uh, it's just real easy. It's www.r100.org, and I'm looking at your schedule for this year. Like you said, you go from South Carolina, Kansas, Texas, Missouri, Virginia, Ohio, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, New York, Minnesota, Washington, South Dakota, Wisconsin, Indiana, Michigan, Iowa. So yeah. you got a lot <laughs> of stops. And uh, um, so here's the thing, okay? Um, yeah. You know, you're a professional shooter. I mean, you're competing yeah. all the time, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later. What about somebody like me? Now, I'm just a bow hunter. I'm not a competitive shooter. Um, you know, my 3D shooting, honestly, other than in my backyard, maybe I'll go to a couple local clubs. Is you, should I? Can, do I go to the R100? You know, do you have to be like a real hot shot to go shoot the R100? No. Actually, the term that you were just, just using, you know, the average Joe, the backyard bow hunter, this is this is your spot. This is where you come. We don't. The only competition that there ever is at the R100. That's in between you and your buddies, or you and in the wife or girlfriend or or whatnot. It's in between you and people in your group. Um, there's no competition whatsoever. Now we do. We can separate. The, you know the the men from the boys. If if you want to shoot in a competitive um, thing, is on Saturday at four o'clock. That's the uh, Dart and Steel Challenge. And uh, Darton sponsors that, and it's for a uh, Darton bow, um, so high score wins. But um, what you do is you get two arrows, and uh, it's, a, it's a competitive archery. Uh, it takes about an hour. It's it's ten targets, high score wins. You break two arrows, you're out. Your score freezes, and uh, the the winners keep you know the the people that still have arrows keep going on. So just, it's actually pretty cool. Yeah, so you get two arrows, and you can yep. obviously if you can get through all ten targets. And if you have yep. more than one person that gets through all ten targets with their two arrows, I guess you just keep shooting off with the until nobody has any arrows left, or until only one person has one arrow left. Or how do you do that? Actually, if you shoot the uh, the ten targets and then it's over, then uh, you total scores up and high score wins. Typically, I mean, sometimes we'll have a shoot off in between second and third. Usually, first is a little out there, and but it's, yeah, it's it's just the, to bring a little bit of the the competitive juices flowing, you know, to to have more fun. Gotcha. So it's not so it's not like a a little tiny hole like they do sometimes on the iron box. It's a little bit bigger opening that has like the whole scoring area on the target. Yeah, it d- depends on how how picky the club wants to get and how hard they want to make it. It's actually it's actually uh, we'll we'll set up ten targets, foam targets, and then we have steel trees in front of them. And the steel trees actually look like bushes or trees actually out in the woods. So we actually put those about three four yards in front of the target. And I stand back at the stake and say, okay, left, right, okay, that's good right there. And I'll stake the, gotcha, stake gotcha. the uh, footing stake in, and you shoot from there, and you shoot all, all ten targets and high-score wins. Pretty cool. So you just kind of obscure, you just kind of make it so that you know people have to pick their spot, their opening, basically, and slide it through there. Correct. Yep. That, that sounds like a lot of fun. So you've got that. Yeah. So so there is a def- so there is an opportunity for some competition and and some cool yeah. prizes if you want to do that. But if you just want to come and shoot, you can just come and shoot, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. We we have people that shoot, turn the scorecards in, they leave. Um, 
but yeah, if, in, in, like I said, it's for the it's for the average bow hunter that actually hunts. Um, even I have mothers that come and they walk the course with their kids, and they're saying, "I'm getting a bow next year just to shoot it." So it, it's a huge family event. I have more families that come than than just single individuals. But if you have a bow and some arrows and you want to fling them, it's it's a it's an entry fee, and you go on about that and and, and shoot. Now, obviously, with a hundred targets, that's mm-hmm. that's quite a number of targets to do in in uh, a day. I know yeah. your your events usually run a Saturday and a Sunday. Do you have a lot of Correct. people that shoot all in one day, or do they spread it out over two days, or how does that work? Um, about ninety percent of them will shoot both days. Um, I don't have very many that shoot all one hundred in, in one day because that is that's that's nine hours of shooting. That's a lot, a lot of shooting. Um, you know, especially with the lines and stuff. And lines don't get too busy. It's actually consistent moving. Um, now, if you if we get seven to eight hundred people, then you're then there's going to be a wait at the first target. But after that, it's kind of continuous flow. Sure. Um, but correct, yeah. So, so the the registration includes both days, basically. Uh, it can. You could either shoot one day, or well, how we do it is not one day or two days. It's actually you can shoot fifty targets, or you can shoot a hundred. Okay. You can pay the. You know that's how that's how that goes. Gotcha. And so, and I'm looking here just as far as pricing. You're looking at, uh, like you said, one day fifty targets is thirty five dollars for an adult. Two days a hundred targets is fifty, and then kids are like fifteen and twenty bucks. And you even have you got couples for like sixty five dollars for one day, ninety dollars for two day. Now, is couples like anybody? Can that be me and my buddy, or does it have to be me and my girlfriend? You and your girlfriend, or you, I mean, or you and your wife, or, or my boyfriend. Yeah, you know where I do not discriminate. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So I mean, really pretty reasonable for like you said. You think about even one day, fifty targets, you're going to get pretty much a good solid day of shooting out there, and you're going to have an opportunity to shoot targets that are going to be different than probably anything else you're going to shoot for the rest of the year, and lots of different exotic game and, and a bunch of novelty stuff too, right? Right. Yeah, and I mean, we give out thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in door prizes. I think I totaled it up last year, and it was like six grand in door prizes. So every, you mean at at each event? Yeah, at each event. And so everybody who registers for the day is put into that drawing? Yep, everybody, even from kids to, it doesn't matter, it has nothing to do with the the reflection of your score whatsoever. And I I have a lot of people turn away because they think that's, oh, well, I'm not going to win anything, I didn't shoot very good. No, that's not the case. Actually, your scorecard is printed off right there in front of you, and I cut the bottom of your scorecard off, about an inch of it, and um, it actually has your name, number, and address on it. So all I do is cut it off, and you win a prize. You must be present to win. I don't, I don't ship them. But if you're there, I pull your name, you won a prize. That's great. So yeah. what are some of the, give me an example of some of, the, some of the better prizes that you guys are giving away at the R100. Um, we give a Matthews bow away. Um, a dart and bow, and uh, your choice of any elite they make. Any choice of an elite bow they make, you you can um, uh, win that and choose which bow you want to shoot. Um, we have uh, Scott releases, CBE sites, um, America's Best Bow Strings. We have uh, HHA sites, True Ball and Excel. I mean, we have, I mean, I broadheads gotcha. so pretty on. much everything so you're giving away several brand new bows in addition to tons of uh archery accessories and hunting gear at every single shoot yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah you could 
you could you you if you see this is how the the lottery works or, or excuse me the door prizes if you if you shoot two days you got two tickets in there in the door prizes if you only shoot one day you only got one in there so if I call your name and uh, you win something and you only shot one day that was your prize now if you shot two days you got two tickets in there so so do you draw do you draw prizes each day or do you just do one big drawing at the conclusion of the event. Nope, I do um, a silent drawing um, at 1 o'clock on Saturday. You don't have to be present to win that one. Um, you just got to be there by 2.15 on Sunday to collect it. I'll have it on a, on a cork board of the name, number, and what you won. And you just come up, pull your name, and hand me the certificate, and I give you give you your prize. And then on Sundays, the big door prizes. Gotcha. So, obviously, you know, I would, I've never shot the R100 myself, and I might mm-hmm. have to... I might have to check it out. Uh, I was kind of bummed. I'm going bear hunting in New Brunswick on your Pennsylvania date this year. You, the Newmanstown is not actually very far from my house, but you're June 7th and 8th, and I'm leaving on the 7th to go to New Brunswick. So, oh, nice. I might have to come up to New York or something later in the month. I see you're in New York on the 21st and 22nd of June, and uh, I'll have to see where you're at up there, and maybe maybe that's not too far from me. Oh, you're up in Batavia. That's a, that's a reasonable drive maybe i can make it up there it sounds like a lot of fun and and obviously you know like you said for bow hunters uh you know which are our our audience of course at peterson's bow hunting you can't you can't really beat the practice to get ready for the season no oh no i mean for sure and 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 that's what a lot of the guys come out there for most of the people that um register don't even turn their scorecard in they just go out there to have fun shoot and and hang out and kick it with their buddies And, and that's it yeah now, what do you think is um, obviously you're a you're a uh, competitive shooter, and, and like mm-hmm. like we said at the beginning of the show, you shoot for elite. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's something even if you're not going to hand in your scorecard, there's definitely something about just being out there with other people, whether it be you know a bunch of your buddies or even just a bunch of strangers that are watching you. Because let's say you've got a little bit of a backup, you know, at the target. Um, you know, that'll kind of heighten your, your uh, concentration a little bit and maybe, you know, be a good experience in terms of improving your shooting, do you think? Oh, yeah, and that and that's how, actually, that's exactly how I got in front of archery, is shooting 3Ds. Gotcha. You mean like at the local clubs and stuff? Yeah, uh, yeah, just the local club and was asked by an older gentleman to come out and shoot, and I started shooting with him, and I, he was like, you're pretty good, <laughs> and I just started practicing. So you were just a just a regular bow hunter before that? Yeah, and I, that's all I strictly did was completely bow hunted. Now, you, I know you mentioned before we started the show today, you live in Michigan. Is that where you're from? Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. So you grew up in Michigan. Obviously, Michigan's a you know a real huge traditional uh, hunting state. So yeah. you're a lifelong bow hunter? Yes. I mean, ever since I was eight years old. Gotcha. And so when did you start shooting, you know, 3Ds and getting into the competition side of things? Um, About 11 or 12 years ago. Okay. I was now, actually working, I was 17 or 18 years old, and I was working at a, a hardware store that actually had an archery shop in it in Dowagiac, Michigan. And uh, I just was introduced to other people, and they were shooting 3Ds, and they asked me to come, and that's where it started. Gotcha. So tell me a little bit about your competitive schedule, um, you said you shoot you shoot ASA and and IBO yeah. and and you do some field archery too. Yeah, not 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 much field. Um, now I now I do shoot the NFA stuff and the in the uh, World Archery Festival stuff. Like I shot 
Vegas. Well, it started off, our year started off um, Peoria, Illinois at Presley's, which is a smaller tournament, but there's a lot of talent there. So we kind of go there to get the nerves flowing and, and stuff. And then uh, from there, um, I'm trying to think where else I went. I went to Telford, England, um, and that was the World Archery Festival shoot. That's the, that was the first leg. And then I went to um, Vegas, which is a World Archery Festival event, too. So, yeah, I mean, I'm so you're from sh- so one you're end sh- of the state world or to the other. Yeah, you mentioned you do, you're pretty much on the road, like, 270 days a year? Yep. That's crazy, man. You're making a, <laughs> you're making a full-time living, though, shooting your bow? Yeah, correct, yep. That's great. What? Uh, so you're shooting a variety of 3D and FETA faces, basically? Yeah, yep. Okay. And what, uh, you know, do, is there one discipline that you enjoy more than the other? Is there you know, aspects to one or the other that you feel is, you know, more exciting or more beneficial from a bow hunting standpoint? Um, yeah, I, I love, um, I love 3d archery. That's, that's my, that's my favorite because you're in a small group, you're shooting with most, most of the people, you know, pretty well. And you joke with, you've been shooting since you were a little kid through the youth class, all the way up to being a professional. And then, um, a lot of them are, or some of them are my best friends. And, um, that's fun. 3D is more fun to me instead of staying online shooting paper. Now this weekend we'll be in Louisville, Kentucky for the NFA Indoor National, and that's a five spot target. And you literally shoot five arrows, go sit down, <laughs> and then you go, you get up and go score them. So it's kind of it's boring, no, no doubt. Anybody will tell you that um, paper and dots are boring. But I'd have to say um, 3D archery, or there's a tournament in Redding, California, um, the first weekend of May, and that's my favorite tournament. What's that one? Um, that's actually an NFA event also. Um, but that's 3D animals with orange dots on them at known yardages. And we shoot uh, up to two yards all out to 101 yards. Wow. So, yeah. and that's, so a little, that's a little bit different with the known yardages because now you got to forgive me if I get something wrong because, like, I'm not super tuned into the competitive side of things. But I think that typically when you're doing a 3D shoot, right, it's all unknown and you have to estimate your yardages, right? Yeah, and those targets can also be um, like an ASA and IBO. They're all 100% unknown. You have no idea how far they are, um, but they can be from two yards out to 50 yards, 55 yards. Is there a maximum like that those organizations have in their rules? Yeah, it's three percent. So I'm fifty-five, fifty-two. I mean, I, I shot a target last year at the IBO in Erie, Pennsylvania, and our max is supposed to be around fifty-three, but we shot it for fifty-six. So, <laughs> so they'll push it a little bit on you. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and obviously, you know, you're going around full-time on those tours mm-hmm. and competing in all the events, but uh, ASA and IBO allow local shooters to come in on each stop and compete in a in just a bow hunter class as well, correct? Yeah, they have a bow novice class. You're more than welcome to come and register or, or pre-register at their website. Um, and yeah, th- I, I, there's a lot of just backyard bow hunters just go shoot 3D. Yep. Well, and it's a great opportunity for them to, you know, have a chance to see how they can do you know, in a similar environment to what the pros are doing and, you know, practice yeah. that estimating. You know, a lot of us who go to the local club to shoot a 3D, 
you know, we're carrying rangefinders with us. So, you know, whether you do that at the local club or go to an ASA event, you know, there's a lot to be said for not carrying the rangefinder or shooting before you use it and, you know, using that experience to work on your ability to judge the ranges without, without the laser, you know, that's Correct. a great skill to build up for hunting season. Right. And, 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 and what's, what's cool about the ASA is, um, um, they they kind of in, indulge it in, in lightly. Like if you want to start getting competitive, you could. There's a known 45 class and there's a known 50 yard class. If you would like to shoot those, those are very very competitive also because there's a lot of the dot shooters that don't shoot 3D shoot those um, because they're known yardage. But they also have an open C, which is the first the first day is um, known yardage, and the second day is unknown. So it's kind of are giving you a little bit of dose of both. Um, but after you're done shooting, you're more than welcome to come down and watch the pro shoot on the range, like at, when we're actually competing. So it's kind of cool. We get to see the amateurs out there and talk to them and, and stuff like that. So Yeah, it's a great opportunity to get a chance to pick pick the brains of the pros, right? Right. Now, what's the difference between ASA, which is Archery Shooters Association, and IBO, mm-hmm. International Bowhunting Organization. What's the difference between the two organizations? Are the are the tournaments that they put on uh, very different from one another? They, they actually kind of are. Um, in ASA, we're shooting McKinsey targets, and um, those actually have the bonus ring of a 12. So you can make your way back up. If you shoot an 8, you can shoot a 12 on the next target and make yourself even again. Um uh, the lower 12 is always in play. So no matter if you make a bad shot or not and you hit the 12, it's still counted. Now, the upper 12, you have to actually call upper. Uh, when you say upper, someone in your group has to signify that you did say that. And so you're not having like a bobble and you accidentally shoot the upper and, and you get those points. You actually have to call upper on that. Um, that organization is very well ran by Mike Terrell. And then there's actually the um, IBO which is um, ran by Brian Markham, uh, president of IBO, and, and they use Reinhardt targets. They, they use our targets, um, and uh, there's 25 different targets. You shoot 20 targets a day, though. And uh, they score their center ring just like a normal kill shot, just a normal kill shot on a target. That scored is 11. So, yeah. Both both different kind of organizations. Um, IBO is a trail shoot, so you actually shoot one target, pull your arrows, and and uh, you go to the next one through a trail in a, in about a mile course. Um, and ASA is just a straight mode trail down down one center of the woods, and there's 20 targets on one side and 20 on the other, and you zigzag through them. Gotcha. That's interesting. So so, so IBO is yeah. a little little bit more like a uh, little bit more closer to like the local 3D shoot that those of uh you know that i might go to at a local club or something Correct. like that gotcha yeah. yep yeah awesome so tell me a little bit about um you know your own progress in competitive shooting how many years have you been pro now and give me a few of the highlights of your professional shooting career um i, I had a lot of success when, when i was an amateur um moving up to the pro class was a simply a hint from my buddies calling me a sandbagger so i with with uh, Levi and Chance and Jesse, me shooting with them every weekend, and they're in the pro class, and I was an amateur in, in dot shooting and in 3D. Um, I always got a nudge to to shoot um, in the pro class, so I, I just made the leap. And uh, last year, this is my third year shooting pro. Last year, um, I was under contract with Matthews, 
and uh, it was a one year one year contract. And uh, another deal arose, and I signed um, um, with Elite this year, and um, it's gone great so far. Last year was probably my best year. Um, I shot uh, like on a five spot, like this weekend is Indoor Nationals, and it's a five spot target. Um, the high score you can get is a 300 with 60, and that's 60 X's, and that's 60 arrows. And um, last year in four tournaments, I shot 59 at all four of them, and you're just at one down. And then last year, um, I also made the shoot-off um, in the Elite Eight at Lancaster Archery, owned by Rob Caulfield. Yeah. So that was probably that was probably that was probably my my favorite. Um, but so far, so good. You know, there's a lot to learn. Some of those guys pay so much attention, and me traveling all the time, and them at home practicing, they're always going to have that upper hand because they're practicing all the time. And I'm traveling either a flight here, or a flight there. I think I'm on my 37th flight since January 1. So I fly all over. So I'm I'm, I'm busy. Now you get a lot of frequent flyer miles, man. Yes, I get a lot of a lot of free flights. <laughs> uh, um, so it's typical, you know, like at a five spot tournament like that, there'll be multiple shooters every week at a at a tournament like that. will shoot a perfect score essentially. Yeah, usually out of the two hundred and fifty pros at, at an indoor shoot, out of two hundred and fifty pros, you'll have about twenty. 20 of them that shoot clean the first day and the next day half of them would drop off so you have about 10 to 12 people in the shoot off and then what happens if so if you have 10 or 12 people that basically go 360 then yep. how, how does the shoot off work that you just is it one one tar five shots at a time or how does it yep. go it, yeah it's actually it's a, it's five shots at a time you said it um, five shots at a time they get all the guys together and they announce hey we're having the shoot off which everybody looks forward all the amateurs Love watching that. It's, it's huge adrenaline rush because when we win, it's it's about a forty thousand dollar weekend for us mm. w- with all the sponsors. So, and we do twenty five of these a year, so it's always nice to win one. Um, but yeah, the, the the line everybody up on the same line. The they'll have the target tongue, the five spot target tongue, and uh, they do regular scoring. So no matter where you hit it in the X, as long as you're touching that outside line or inside the line, uh, that that X is is an X. So um, two rounds of that. So as long as you don't drop out, usually about two people drop out in regular scoring. So then you're down to 10 and then your third end is inside out only. So in these tournaments, we'll use smaller arrows. So we're inside the ring. That's, that's the arrow being inside the X without touching the outside of the ring anywhere. So gotcha. yeah, that usually goes one to three ends at the most. And usually the, the, the first place winner will be, you know, crowned then in that second or third end. Wow. It's pretty pretty small margin for error in that game, isn't there? Yeah, you, you one flinch you're out. <laughs> talk to me a little bit about uh, you know some shooting tips for people. Obviously, like you said, it's a pretty big adrenaline rush if you're standing uh, in the shootout against all the top shooters in the world. Uh, what are some things uh, that you can offer for listeners that we can apply in our own shooting, whether it's you know, just a friendly competition with friends or, you know, the big buck that we've been waiting to get a shot at? Um, I, I think uh, the, the first thing that I was always taught is to breathe. <laughs> because it, it, when you think about it, when, you, when people draw back, they hold their breath and, they sh- and then they shoot. Mm-hmm. Well, when you hold your breath, the first 
thing on your body that gives away is your vision. It's your eyes start watering, um, stuff like that. So if you remember to breathe and just take your time, I mean, there's always, it's always a learning process, but you'll get the hang of it shortly. And, and, uh, I never get nervous on no matter how big the buck is never until the arrow hits the deer. And then, then I'm good. <laughs> so when you're at full draw and mm-hmm. you're getting ready to, uh, you know, release your arrow, are you trying to time your breathing where you're releasing uh, on an inhale and exhale? Or are you actually going to take a quick pause in your breathing before you break the shot, or how do you do that? Yeah, um, I, I usually take two deep breaths b- before I even begin my um, my drawing process. But, yeah, once I'm anchored back and I'm on the target, um, I take one more breath and start breathing, exhaling. Um, that's exactly what the Marines teach the snipers when they're when they're shooting their guns in school is to exhale through the shot. So when I draw back, I'm exhaling when I'm starting to aim and pulling through my shot. Gotcha. Now, are you, are you shooting with a, a back tension releasing competition or yeah. you would you do? Yeah. Yep. And I actually use it for hunting too. Okay. Talk a little bit, you know, that's something we talk about a lot in the magazine that people, you know, really, you know, most, most accomplished shooters, you know, feel like that, there are a lot of average bow hunters who really don't even know what a surprise release is. Talk a little bit about the back tension release, why you, why all the top shooters basically use them and, and why, you know, an average archer ought to at least use it, uh, for training, you know, a a little bit. Well, because if you're shooting a, a trigger release is what I call it, or an index finger release, you're kind of timing your shot already, and that's called a drive-by. That's actually like putting your pin on the target, and then you start to slope below the belly, and then you bring it back up, and right when you think you're going to be up there, you hit the trigger. So that's not a surprise shot. I don't want to know when my shot's going to go off, so I'm always consistently aiming really hard at the target. So um, it actually calms your moments of inertia down, which are like your moments when you do see a big buck and your knees are knocking, it could be for a big buck or 80 grand at a tournament. Um, same thing. Um, I like that surprise release. I don't like to know when it's going to go off. Um, I've seen a lot of people make bad shots with it, and I've seen people that stayed with it and, and done really well with it. Yeah, I mean, they really they should call. I mean, they should call archery. That we really shouldn't say that we're going to go shoot our bow. We should say we're going to go aim our bow because it's really a lot more Correct. about aiming than it is about shooting, isn't it? Correct, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and I was... Um, Braden Guillantine, um, from, um, he shoots for Matthews. He's from Boston. And, um, he's probably one of the best indoor shooters around international. And he's from, from the U S and, uh, he told me one time, which was a very good, very good saying. And I've said it to him like five times since he's ever told me, I, I always said, uh, what he told me, he said, I can always teach people how to shoot a bow. I just can't teach people how to aim. Mm hmm. So that's a good point. Right. <laughs> it uh and once once you uh once you get into bad habits too they they're tough to break. What are some of the what are some of the main things that you see? I'm sure that you run into a lot of people whether it's at the R100s, the ASA, the IBO shoots. People are always asking you for advice, I'm sure. So when somebody comes to you and they want help, what are some of the most common problems that people come to you with and what kind of advice do you give them to improve their shooting? Um, 
but mine would would have to be the aiming thing and uh and, and stabilizer setup they're always wondering how how I set my stabilizers up and if I could help them and obviously I'm, I would never tell someone no um so I'm always like hands down cuz that's growing the company that I work for too if they get an archery they're going to purchase targets and hopefully there are targets so but but yeah they 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 always ask about aiming and and their stabilizer setup if if it's right or and you know pretty much if I start with one question I'll answer 10 more of them in one sentence just so I know that I covered it. <laughs> well, we'll talk a little bit about stabilizers. Obviously, you know, I don't know if the class that you compete in on the 3D side, if you're using, you know, a really uh, lengthy, you know, stabilizers and, and then, you know, side or rear stabilizers to counterbalance. Obviously, most of mm-hmm. us aren't hunting with that kind of stuff, but talk to me a little bit about the stabilizer. I mean, most you see how my, nowadays, you know, those real little short stabilizers are popular and it's kind mm-hmm. of kind of a misnomer. It's not really going to do much to stabilize your bow. It may absorb a little bit of noise and vibration, but it's Correct. not it's not a stabilizer in the traditional sense. Tell me a little bit about, you know, obviously the stabilizers that you guys use in the target world accomplish a lot more than quieting your bow and what kind of a compromise do you make when it comes time to maybe take that off your rig and what you're going to put on there to actually go into a tree stand well um i actually almost run run the same kind of setup almost um so in hunting in your most traditional um everybody always put the stabilizer on just because it's called the stabilizer and they have no idea what it's for um but it's that's exactly what it's made for is stabilizing um i actually shoot with a um a 12 inch front bar with about eight weights on the front of it, which about eight ounces. And then I actually shoot a 10 inch V bar off to the left side with another about eight to 10 weights. Um, it's just like this, take a cat and take its tail off. It's not going to be, you can throw it up in the air and it's not going to do exactly what it it could flip around on its feet without its tail. Mm -hmm. Its tail is all of its stability, um, and stabilization. So if you take a tight roper and you take his pole away, He's not going to be able to. He's not going to be able to walk that cable. It's the same kind of sense. Um, but on my, on my tournament setup, I run a 30 inch front bar with four ounces, and then a 15 inch B bar with uh, 16 ounces. It's usually like a four to one ratio in the front. Gotcha. So 16 on the back and four in the front. So you're adding. I'm sorry, I kind of lost all that. But you're adding about a pound and a half of weight to your all your bows, or more than that. Yeah, just a, just a just a little bit more because you got to think of the stabilizer weight themselves without without the weights on them. Uh-huh. So yeah, my, my typical bow setup will run about ten pounds. Wow! And my hunt, a... my yeah, my hunting setups around six. Okay, and have you ever done just for kind of a visual um, explanation of the difference it makes? Have you ever taken you know like a a heavy stabilizer setup? put a, you know, a, a much lighter stabilizer set up on the same bow and actually like compared your group sizes and stuff? Yeah. There, when I, I like more weight because when you're nervous, the bow is going to be slowly moving. If, if you use a lighter bow, just take your stabilizers off. You'll see the, di- you'll see the difference. I, I like a heavier bow. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that's, that's, yeah, that's a good tip. I mean, 
obviously due to the fact that it's a little bit unwieldy in tight spaces and probably just doesn't look as cool or whatever. I don't know if the most hunters are ever going to, you know, get too carried away, but there's uh-huh. nothing, nothing wrong with a lot. The weight is the key, you know, is a big part of it, you know, and of course everything in bow hunting nowadays, the trend is everything's going towards lighter, you know, but right. Uh, yeah. The, their bows, the carbon bows that Hoyt's making. Yeah. They're, they're, the bows are getting lighter their equipment's getting a little more durable and heavier. So I don't know if it varies out. Um, but I, I, like I said, again, I, I like a, a heavier bow and it seems to work out great for me. What's the, um, what's the biggest, uh, for, form flaw that you see in, in amateur shooters? Um, I want to say target panic, target okay. panic and punching your trigger. That's, that's the, that's the, estimation of when you're wanting to hit the target that's the same thing going below the belly coming back up and firing your trigger um now as a professional i actually developed target panic this year when i was in in telford england actually because uh, they gave us two minutes to shoot three arrows and if you miss this dime size x uh more than 10 times you're pretty much out of the competition so i was starting to like guesstimate when they're going to go off and and uh it 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 hit me about two tournaments in a row, and then I, I lost it. So um, I'm, I'm fighting it still in my head, but I, I want to say target panic. Gotcha. And so that's basically having to do with how people are squeezing their triggers. Correct. Yeah. And with the back tension, I'll, what I was doing is I, I would when I draw back, I have a click in it, so it kind of doesn't tell you when, but it means kind of tells you you're at full draw and you could fire whenever you're ready. And I, I was pulling through and then getting towards the end and then just hammering it down. Now, I'll tell you what, that was the most accurate setup I've ever had, but it's not good. It definitely showed when I was under pressure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I have I have a, a Scott release that does that, too. And it'll, you know, if you're out there trying to, you know, force yourself to do it the right way, it can, mm-hmm. it can definitely, you know, kind of play with your head because you get to that click and you know you're aiming you're aiming you're aiming and there's something in your head that's like your brain is telling you well like the arrow should have gone and you're anticipating that it might go but it hasn't yeah. gone, and it but it doesn't and so you're actually yeah. i find myself sometimes i'll flinch as if the arrow's gone and i'm still standing there pulling back on the release and i'm like dude it didn't go just keep yeah. aiming and pulling and like oh yeah it's a learning process for sure mike <laughs> Yeah. especially if if you've developed some bad habits. Now, listen, let me ask you about one other thing before I let you go. Um, yeah. Everybody, you know, probably thinks it's, um, you know, uh, or they're envious of you, I guess, is what I'm saying. Uh, obviously, it's a, it's a privilege to be a, a pro shooter. You get to travel around. Uh, you've got uh, all the best shooters in the world as your friends and colleagues. Yeah. Um, you're able to, you know, make a living doing this. Uh, you know, what are what are um, you know some of the ways that you do earn money from professional shooting? You mentioned like sponsors, and I know yeah. it's, it's not all just prize money, right? Some of it is bonus money that sponsors are paying for your performance, and and there's yeah. a lot of obligations that come with it too, right? There's a, there's a lot of obligations. I mean, we still I'm still best friends with uh, uh, one of my best friends is Chance Bobeth, definitely one of the most decorated. Art, professional archers out there in between. He's the best mixed archer there out there is in between Dots, Vegas, uh, over in England, um, here in 3D, Dots, I mean, you name it, he's one of the best shooters, but he, he shoots um, a PSE, and we travel together, we room together, share rental cars together, 
so what your obligations are are pretty much to to support the the product that you believe in, and that's what I did, and that's why I switched this year um, to Elite. Is is they believe in the product? They have a good marketing group, a good group of guys. Owners are awesome, um, but yeah, that's that's how we we make money is from our sponsors. Um, it could be um, we have a stabilizer company, an arrow company, a string company, a bow company, which is our biggest. The bow company should always be your biggest. Um, a site, a release. Um, yeah, that's 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 in in your rest and veins. And so it pretty much does. Does it pretty much work just like you know Major League Baseball or the NFL? So you know the more tournaments you win and the higher that you're ranked, the more a company will give you to sponsor you, right? Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. If 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 you're an awesome shooter like uh, my best friend Levi Morgan, um, you, you're gonna you're gonna make a good living. And uh, if if you're, it, it is a it's like kind of like a pay scale. No, we don't know what everybody else makes. Um, I don't know what Levi makes. I don't know what Garrett Ayersman makes. I don't know what Darren makes. And we're all elite shooters. Um, we all make different kind of money, and we all have different uh, different uh, values to the company. Uh, Darren Christianberry um, left the 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 union this year to work for the Outdoor Group, and which is is elite. Scott CD, Winner's Choice, Dual Game Call, Solid Broadhead. They all own these companies, and he he's actually repping their product this year and shooting for them and promoting and doing all that stuff too. So he's, he, I call him a double dipper, <laughs> but we do, we do make our living off of sponsorship money and travel ship money. Some of them, some of them we're on salary with, and then some of them they will uh, pay for 100% of our travels. Gotcha. And so it's, it's also a constant source of pressure too, because obviously you've got to keep your game at, at the highest level or, you know, just like a, just like some athlete who's washed up, you know, you'll be out of it. Too in, in short order if you if you can't continue to perform right correct yep well listen man i tell you what it's uh i i envy you uh, uh okay. for your shooting ability if nothing else uh to to be that good you know i mean i obviously am blessed uh, in my own right you know to be the editor of the magazine here and have opportunities to do a lot of bow hunting but uh i know that if it comes down to putting me in front of a spot and, and competing against guys like yourself i'll be i'll be well left in the dust so uh, right <laughs> it's a pleasure to pick your brain a little bit today and, and get to know you a little bit i um i want to encourage everybody you know if you if you're listening today and you're anywhere within a reasonable driving distance of the r100 look that up at uh, r100.org and mark it on your calendars because that uh that's a, a rare opportunity to get to shoot a course like that. And uh, and plus, you can meet Mike and uh, get some free shooting advice. Yes, yes, I, I'd love to. I love talking to people. Well, uh, that's obvious. Yeah, appreciate your time. You're uh, generous with your time and, and your uh, knowledge. And I wish you a very successful season uh, on, on your tour circuits. And uh, a great success as well with the R100. I hope you get great crowds, uh, cooperative weather, and... Um, I look forward to doing it myself here before too long. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yep. Take care now. You too. Thanks for listening to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, presented by Easton's new ultra micro diameter injection arrows. For more information, pick up a copy of Peterson's Bowhunting Magazine on newsstands now. <laughs>